Let's talk about pivoting your business. I want to talk about some businesses that have successfully pivoted like Starbucks, Groupon, Twitter, or X. Pivoted again. If you're joining me for the first time, my name is Brad Hogan. I'm a business guy here in Central Florida. This is Season 3, Episode 12. I'm just talking about pivoting and some business successfully pivoted. And I'm going to share with you what 99% of all roofers don't know that's vital to their business and their exit strategy. We'll talk about some of these businesses that have pivoted and what they look like. Maybe you don't. Uh, Starbucks, you know who they are, but do you know what they started out as? They were actually roasting coffee, importing coffee beans, exporting coffee beans, supplying to the local market, etc., they were just kind of in that space. They wanted all a retailer where you could stop by and buy a $10 cup of coffee. And that's what they've successfully pivoted into today. And of course, you know the current story where we all like to go get our coffee or tea or whatever it might be. And it's about customer service and atmosphere, etc. And have made that into a successful business model. Certainly there are other people, other companies that do what Starbucks does, but not many at the same level or with the same success. They just successfully pivoted into what they are today. Twitter is now known as a microblog. I want to call it Twitter. It's actually X, right? Saying that right. They started out doing podcast. That's what they were doing. And they felt as iTunes came out, Apple was going to push them aside. They got together with all their employees and came up with this idea of what we currently know X to be. It's just interesting how they've successfully pivoted. And if you keep up with any of the current news, you know that it hadn't been too long ago that Elon Musk took over Twitter, rebranded X, and fired a majority of the staff, a big majority. And, you know, it's really, while it's not rebranded re from the point of what they do today, it's a slight shift, and he certainly got a different view on what they do. Interesting. I think a lot of companies pivot out of necessity. And what is the necessity? Is it we're going out of business? or I've got the need to retire, or is that not a necessity? I just want to do it. You know, it's it's that desire to do something else, whether it's imminent failure, if we don't do something, that might be it a lot of times, but there's other times when we're not sure what to do, what we're doing is not working. So before we fail, we see the future we need to change. We need to make a change. One going on right now. I'm in the middle of one right now. I'm doing a big consult with a high-level company. They're a $100 million company, and uh, they know they've got to pivot. They're pivoting from an insurance model to a retail model. And what a great company they've got. Very successful at what they do. But they see the future. Their leader sees the future and said, hey, you know, we need help over here. Can you help us? Will you help us? And that's a pivot within their business. But it's not imminent failure today. They just think this is a better path to go down. The other company we're talking about is Groupon. And Groupon started out as a 
kind of crowdfunding. And they had a tipping point in there. If they got enough interested parties that were willing to invest, et cetera, what that would look like. And obviously today, Groupon is much, much different than that. They pivoted away from that model. And I don't even know all the reasons why behind that. But a successful pivot was made. And, you know, we talk about whether the pivot is out of necessity, whether it's only a failure, you know, why we pivot. And is it too late to pivot? Is it ever too late? Well, I think, yes, sometimes people are stuck in or companies are stuck in, you know, this is the way we've done it. We've always done it this way. And they may have pivoted or pivoted several times up to then. But if you don't constantly evolve, you have got to pivot constantly. Small adjustments here and there. Look, the roofing market, we know that metal is the fastest growing sector within roofing. If you're going to be in the roofing business, do you think you should learn metal? You may not be the metal guru today, but it better be somewhere on your radar if you're going to be around. It's happening. It's happening all around you. If you are in a town that's predominantly whatever, whether it's tile or shingle, currently, do you think you should know something about that? Well, that's the current, and maybe you're something else and you need to pivot to that. Now, that almost sounds backwards. If I'm a metal guy, I need to pivot into shingle? Well, if that's where I live, maybe that doesn't take all the oxygen out of the business. We're not dumping all our eggs in that basket, but we need to make a shift, a pivot, grow a division that way. I think it's just, it's constant. You know, this past week is... I was consulting with a company. I sat down and I came up with 17 revenue streams that they are not currently involved in within their roofing company. And it's all things that they can do. And that was a thing on my own. They didn't ask me for that. But these were natural, what I'm going to call blind spots, things that they were not seeing that are very, very easy to go into. We'll call that a pivot. We're going we're gonna to make a little shift. We're going to make a little pivot. No, we're not turning the business model upside down. We're maintaining the current business model, but we need to pivot into these other sectors in order to maintain a healthy company going forward. It's just little things. And all the little things add up, add up to a big thing at the end of the day. I want to share something that 99% of all roofing contractors do not understand. And it's a simple fact. It's a little bit of a discussion, but it's about pivoting the business if this is where you want to go. Stay with me on this discussion as I, I try to explain this for the first time. So at, in exiting a business, the roofing company sold for, I'm going to make up a number. Let's say it sold for $25 million dollars. So what's that What's that look like? How do you get there? Where'd that number come from? How did the investor come up with that number? So the deal is when you're selling a service-related business in the trades, it could be an AC company, it could be a roofing company, it could be a plumbing company, it could be electrical company, it could be a number of things. And forgive me if your numbers are a little different than mine, but having gone through 
the sale of some of these companies. This is my experience. So up to 50 million, that company is worth one to three times net. That's what you can expect to get out of that company. If you're over 50 million, you can expect to get three to five times net out of that company. And if you've got everything dialed in, I've never seen it, by the way. I'm talking about everything that a Fortune 500 company would expect, all the policies, procedures, departments, etc. You could get a five to eight times multiple on your company. Now, where I, I never argue the point, but as I talk to other people in the industry, acquaintances, and say, hey, I heard you guys sold for... 25 million, my company's only doing 20 million, but we're going to 30 million. And man, my company's worth, you know, they're spouting off these numbers. I wouldn't sell my company for less than 75 million. I can't believe you sold it, et cetera, for what you sold it for. Well, there's a key piece of information that they do not understand. Let, let me tell this part of the story. So the company was being sold and a friend of mine had signed 15 deals. They were metal and they were extremely profitable, made several hundred thousand dollars on the sale of those roofs. Well, the company that was buying him came back and said, we don't want to do those roofs. And he said, what do you mean? Oh, we've got the check. It's deposited. All the contracts are signed. Why would you not want them? We make over $300,000 on these roofs. And the buyer came back and said, listen, it does not meet our margin. Let me stop right there. If we've got two bank accounts, I've got two bank accounts here, checking accounts. One checking account has $20 million in it. The other checking account has a million dollars in it. Which one do we all want? Well, we want the account with 20 million bucks because I can do something with this account, $20 million, that I can't do with the $1 million account. Let's pay a bill that's more than a million bucks. Make sense? Okay, let's go back to my friend. He has these 15 roofs. And by the way, what he ended up doing was he got the money back out of his roofing company, went back to the homeowners, gave them a check, and said the hedge fund that's purchasing the company does not want these the margin's too low. I've given you too good of a deal. But what I will do is I'll sign the contract with you. Different company, same installers, same price, same warranty, same product. The homeowners said, okay, you know, let's do it. And he ended up putting those roofs on. He got permission from the company that was buying him. Do you care if I do the roofs? They said, no, go ahead, do them. Well, Fast forward 60 days, and now he's got more than 50 roofs that are all shingle. Same scenario. He went back to the buyer and said, hey, I've got these roofs. They're extremely profitable, hundreds of thousands of dollars in profit. Do you want them? They said, no, it doesn't meet our margin. We don't want them. What are you talking about margin? Well, that bank account has got $20 million in it. What if... That money was earned, but the margin on it was only 7%. Well, I don't care personally. I'll take $20 million. But what if the account over here at $1 million was earned at 12%? Well, it's still 20 million versus 1 million. Stay with me here. When 
a company is being purchased by a hedge fund ran by, do you know the name? Jamie Dimon. He runs Chase. Now, when Jamie Dimon is buying companies and he's buying hundreds of them, he would buy little roofing companies or whatever they are. He is looking for margin. He's looking for return. The reason why is myself, my adult children, my parents, my brother, my sister, you, your family, we've all got retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, etc. And we're looking for the best return we can get. When I go to Jamie Dimon or Charles Schwab or T. Rowe Price or Fidelity, I want a return on my retirement account, my investment. I'm looking to get between 8 and a 12% return. If I can get a 10% return, fantastic. Got 9% last year. Well, if Jamie Dimon is our hedge fund manager and he's bought companies that only have a 7% margin, that 20 million in the bank made it a 7% margin, what's he going to give us as investors? 5%? Well, not many people are investing in that company. However, if that return is in the $1 million account and it's a 12% return, Jamie can give us 10%, 9% after he takes his management fees, etc. They can give us a 9% return. You guys in the roofing community, they're talking about selling your business. What you're missing is margin. It's about margin. You need to get the roofing business company shaped up, in shape, and extremely profitable. That's what's going to take you to the next level. If you still have questions, hit me up down below. Love you guys. See you in the next one.